Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oh, no one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. yo ho Hey guys, welcome back for another Gangplank Report. We are covering Below Deck Sailing Season 3, Episode 15, which Bravo called Salty Seaman. <laughs> and we have decided to call Slap Happy. Yay! <laughs> Here is Jen for your rapid recap. All right. Marcos is really thrown off by the loss of his friend's mom, but he's trying to pull it together. The guests are extremely impressed with the seafood bonanza he put out for them and the variety. Gary is trying very hard to help Marcos as much as he can, but there's not much he can do. The guests invite Captain Glenn to dinner for the next night. Overnight, the wind begins to rage and Kelsey has to wake up Gary for fear that the boat might be getting too close to the smaller boats near them. Colin relieves Gary on watch so he can get some more sleep and the boat starts to drag. The guests eating outside in the wind was insane to me. The tension was palpable as they noticed there was a small chain and rope caught up in their own anchor chain as they tried to raise it. Gary hopped into the tender to clear the debris from the anchor chain. Pro moves across the board. This crew rocks. The guests want to do a relay race with the crew and Ashley whines to them about how badly she wants to join and Daisy scolds her for it afterwards. Daisy forgot to tell Marcos that Glenn was joining the guests for the molecular gastronomy dinner and he is stressed the heck out because he doesn't have enough for nine plates. Side note, I don't know if it's his somber mood or what, but his reaction didn't seem nearly as harsh as it did when Gabby didn't say fire. The guests in the crew have their relay race and the crew comes out on top, winning the first Seaman Cup. Despite the stress he was under, Marcos pulled off an amazing molecular gastronomy dinner. The crew gets slap happy as the guests teach them the hurricane drinking game. The next day, the weather goes from too much wind to no wind at all, so the guests never got to sail, but they still left the highest tip of the season at $23,000. The preference sheet for the next charter includes a multi-tier gluten-free wedding cake, and Marcos's limit might have been reached. There's no crew night out because the next charter is arriving at noon the next day, but Glenn gets food catered in for the crew. And that's your rapid recap. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about this episode. One, I would just like to say these might be my favorite guests so far. Me too. I think that these people were gracious and funny and they genuinely just seemed like they were there to have fun with each other and have a good time. And I would love to have them on any one of my boats any day of the week. I thought they were great. I thought they were fantastic. They were fun. They were patient. They had great ideas. They were very interactive with the crew. They were very grateful, complimentary, all the good things. I loved them. Yes. I mean, I understand that it's interesting to have guests that bring boat drama, but I would love to see these guys again. I hope that they come back in the future. Yep, I do too. I agree with you. And it's nice that Glenn has a little bit of home that he can relate to instead of the craziness he's usually subjected to. Yeah, I loved in the crew meeting where he was like, you know, I didn't want to say I told you so, but these were like the best guests ever because they're Canadian, you know. And Ashley acted like that was... Oh, now we get the bias. It's like, no, there was no bias. These guests were awesome. I don't know what her problem was. I think Ashley is Ashley's problem. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Nikia pointed out that she's lost the amount of words for Ashley at this point because there's something different and annoying each episode about her. And so I wrote back to Nakia, I said, she's a dumpster fire, trash panda, bratapalooza. (laughs) (laughs) She just drives me nuts. Yeah, you and me both. And uh, seemingly everyone else as well. So we are not alone. Yeah, true that. I have to tell you, last night I was really super tense. My stomach was in more knots than that anchor chain debris was watching that happen in real time. Well, not in real time, obviously, but watching it as it progressed, I was really nervous. And we've had a couple people point out, a friend pointed out on Twitter and Will DM'd me this morning separately, that if you look at the crews that we've seen on OG and Med, none of them would have been able to handle that with the skill that the sailing yacht crew did. I agree. Yeah, I've been in situations somewhat like that. It happens a lot in the Caribbean where there's a lot of anchorages and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because there's so many boats packed into such a small space and it can become a real challenge and it's a real worry when you're in a situation like that. It can happen without inclement weather. When it happens with bad weather, it's even more scary. Right. Because you're worried about somebody losing a finger. Yeah. Like that's not, it's... We joke about a lot of things on the show, but stuff like that is just nothing to sneeze at because it can get really serious really fast. Yeah. And I have no doubt that a skilled motor yacht crew could handle that just as efficiently. I'm just talking more the crews that casting builds for us on these shows. Oh, for sure. I totally agree. Can you imagine sustainable Shane in that scenario? No. It would have been... A mess. They would have been wrecked into another boat before he figured out what they had to do. Well, fortunately, he probably would not have been the one figuring out anything. He would have True. just been told <laughs> what to do and executed it. Yeah. So I don't think we would have had to worry necessarily about him being the one in charge of some kind of a recovery effort. But I see your point. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you're just, you're hoping for the best. That's part of the reason why we get paid as much money as we do Mm -hmm. for the most part is because of situations like this, not 
because everything's going swimmingly all the time. Right. So, yeah, I also, I pointed it out on Twitter last night, but I have also been in a situation like what Marcos was dealing with. I found out that my grandma passed away while I was on a charter, like directly in the middle of a two week long charter. Fortunately, we were able to send the guests off for dinner that night. So I didn't have the pressure of having to do dinner. It was obviously a much longer trip than what these guys are dealing with, but it was still, it still sucks. Yeah. It sucks in moments like that to be away from your family and not, you know, really be able to take the time to grieve. And you just don't have that luxury, unfortunately, unless you choose to leave, which I, on that trip did not, because at that point there was not much of anything I could do. They had the celebration of life much later. Right. So it wasn't like there was an immediate need for me to get back because there was nothing I could do. So it is what it is, but it's a fact of what part of this life is like. Right. And I think Marcos had a very similar situation because his friend's mom passed in Venezuela and he's not permitted to go back to Venezuela. So it wasn't like he could go. But having to deal with that stress and you relaying your story last night, I didn't know that that happened to you as well. I remember you telling us how you didn't take a trip in the med because of your grandfather being ill, but I didn't know that you had actually experienced that. And I can't imagine how hard it is to keep your head in the game when your soul wants to grieve a loss like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, but it's part of the gig. You know, it's one of the, when you talk to people about the pros and the cons of doing this, that just happens to be one of the cons. Sometimes you miss important things with your family. Right. Well, he recovered very well. I thought he just kept getting hit left and right though. Daisy's normally on top of her game, but her not telling him about Glenn until the next day when he was mid prep, that was kind of, and I know that she felt really guilty and really bad about it. Sarah. Did she though? Cause I feel like she said that to him and she was like, oh shit, sorry. I forgot to tell you. And then she kind of smirked when she was walking away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might've been a nervous, like old crap kind of smile. Cause I smile and I giggle a lot of times when I screw up like, oh, I'm a total dummy there. And if I really thought about it, I could probably give production if it was in fact something where they were like, hey, Daisy, uh, just don't say anything to because they're not going to tell you what to say or what to do, but they can strongly suggest that you leave some information out. And maybe they wanted to see because he's done such a great job so far on the season. Maybe they wanted to see what it would take for him to crack and not be the great chef that we've seen so far. Well, if that's true, then they're giant suck holes because that's awful. He just already had the weight of the world on him. And technically, if you want to go back to the preference sheet meeting, they said they wanted to have a meal with Glenn. And he said he wouldn't be doing the 10 course meal because he couldn't sit through that. So by default, it would be the next meal. But with everything going on, a reminder would have been nice to Marcos, I think. Right. Just considering the fact that he was already kind of out of it. Yeah. It's hard to keep your head in the game when it's just a regular charter with that much going on and trying to do something as complicated. Kelsey and I talked about it a little bit because she did some brief studying in culinary school with that. And it is a whole gig. And to have to stay that hyper-focused when your brain is all over the place and your heart's taking you all over the place 
I was impressed that not only did he pull it off because of the grief he was going through, but also having another person added, it still wound up being amazing. They were thrilled. Glenn was thrilled, although Glenn said he'd just as soon have a real tomato, which is kind of, I'm Glenn in this picture. On brand. It's on yep. brand. <laughs> it is. <laughs> But he just did a great job. And when they got to the preference sheet meeting at the end of this episode, knowing that he had to make a multi-tiered wedding cake that's gluten-free, gluten-free sweets taste horrible. I've had some that were passable, but I've never had one that tastes great. And for him to have to do that under the conditions he's in, in a ship's galley, I felt for him. It's rude. Yeah. Most bakeries require at the very least a week of notice mm-hmm. in order to be able to produce something like that. For them to give him a day right. is just, it's rude. I already don't like these people. Yeah. I stand by that. I don't care if they end up being as nice as the Canadians. Yeah. I want to hurricane slap these people. <laughs> I want to hurricane slap everybody now. That was so fun to me. I've never seen that game before. And I was secretly hoping that the guy would smack Ashley back, but (laughs) he didn't. Well, it looks like we, in the previews, we see some of the crew participating in this activity. So maybe you will get your wish that somebody will hurricane smack Ashley. I hope so. I don't advocate for any kind of violence, but if you're Uh signing up for it like that, then game on it's a drinking game so maybe that should be our poll this week who do you want to see get to hurricane slap ashley out of the rest of the crew (laughs) i vote for scarlet yeah (laughs) and if we could get some kind of redemption i would obviously say gabby if she was there right yeah i want to touch on something and you and i haven't talked about this so i'm springing on you and this may get edited out but i kind of want to add a little mini segment this week of wildly speculative unsupported information (laughs) because one of our friends dj Desilu who was talking last night marcos posted that he really enjoyed the experience he loves the response from the fans but he will not be back this next season and i want to get your speculation maybe on why and then i'll give you my wild unsupported gossipy trashy speculation so i think it could be a couple of different things one he has a restaurant that is his real bread and butter Mm -hmm. figuratively and literally right and i think that he came on this season in an effort to promote himself and the restaurant, which is a smart marketing thing, because consider that in order for him to buy the quantity of advertising space that he would need in order to just to advertise his business on a network like Bravo that has such an affluent market, right? he would have to spend a literal boatload of money to do that. Mm-hmm. But if he goes on a season of a show then, I mean, we already know that Daisy has done cameos at his restaurant. I think Gary was there and fans all over the place have been saying that if they're close by in the area, then they go. Mm -hmm. So clearly the investment of taking six weeks off to go film the show has been worthwhile for his endeavor to advertise his restaurant. But if he keeps taking six weeks off over the course of the next couple of years to continue to return to the show, how profitable is that going to be for him, really? Right. So 
from a business perspective of somebody who is looking at this, like, you know what, I can go ahead and do a season of the show and I will get a bunch of promotion from it and it'll be really good for my actual business. So I get that. I think speculatively Mm -hmm. part of it is that this did not go the way that he thought it was going to go or live up to his expectations and so he had enough of it and he's out I think there was a lot more in fact I know there was a lot more that we did not see that has not and will not air about this season Mm -hmm. and I think that plays into it quite substantially right Anybody who is willing to go on a show like this, you have to lend a little bit of credence to the idea that they are there for publicity of some kind Mm -hmm. and they're open to it. But I think that this probably went sideways in a couple of different ways that, again, will never be shown. But it occurs to me that that's part of the reason, if we're speculating, that he would not be returning. Right. Well, your first reason was my official reason. But I also had a couple vodka sunrises last night and I let the vodka speak its mind as well. And it went back to the blind item we saw in Crazy Days and Nights a couple months ago Mm -hmm. that speculated that allegedly Marcos had some kind of intimate relationship, intimate relationship interlude with a production member. And if that were the case and that went south, I wouldn't want to go back either. And that's all I'm going to say about that so I don't get sued. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I just found it interesting because he's had such a good response. But it does make sense because he went from food truck to now a brick and mortar restaurant. Right. And there's much more financial investment involved in a brick and mortar I mean, food trucks themselves are expensive as heck, but the brick and mortar is exponentially so. So I understand why he's not coming back, but I know a lot of people are disappointed because they have been very happy with him. Just means we get somebody new for the next season to check out. So that's true. And you never know. We didn't see him on the horizon. So you never know what kind of great person we could get. Exactly. I think for what it's worth, he's a good chef, but I can't say he's the most interesting add to the crew dynamic. Does that make sense? Well, because he doesn't interact with them a lot. Yeah, right. I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I'm not all that disappointed because I feel like he did what he came to do. He's promoted himself and good for him on that. But I think that he didn't add a lot when there's so many other characters on this that are so dynamic. Right. That he just didn't really do much for me in that way. I get what you're saying there completely. So the previews for next week looks like there's going to be a wedding on a beach that is as crowded as Waikiki was when I was there 20 years ago. So (laughs) that should be fun and interesting to see. And we'll see how the cake turns out. And if Marcos melts down, I don't think so. I think he'll shine. He's met every challenge so far. I think this is just one more hurdle that he can leap over. And I think he's probably going to go out on top but this is the final charter so i'm not sure how many episodes they're going to divide it up into but we are coming close to the end of the season now and i thought they were supposed to be 20 episodes so So that must include the reunion right but from my knowledge the reunions usually are only one episode 
I don't know that Below Deck has ever had a two-part reunion. I'd have to go back. There's been so many at this point. My elephant brain is now filled with dung. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> I can't remember all those tiny little specifics, but we want to thank you guys for joining us. Tune in tomorrow for our super fan episode and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you can. That helps us out a lot. And we will catch you then. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.